Hello, Rebecca Langley here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. I want to acknowledge that this program was recorded on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and that their sovereignty has never been ceded. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and brought to you on your local community radio station thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation. This week we're going to hear an interview that Annie did with Josh Cullinan from the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union about their ongoing dispute with McDonald's. Then we'll go back in time with some old wharfies and hear stories of appalling conditions and how the workers unionised and fought for their rights. But first, some union news. On Friday, June 7th, the Transport Workers Union called on the federal government to enact urgent legislation to ensure workers in the gig economy are given rights and protections against exploitation following the Fair Work Ombudsman's announcement that it will not take action against Uber. Today's decision by the Fair Work Ombudsman is devastating for workers in the gig economy. Last year we had a landmark victory when a Fedora rider won an unfair dismissal case and we know the same control factors are in play for workers in Uber and right across the gig economy. If this is what our laws are guiding regulators to do, then these laws are hopelessly broken and the government must act urgently to put in place rights that protect all workers, said the Transport Workers National Secretary Michael Caine. In jurisdictions around the world, from London to New York and Los Angeles, Uber is being held to account and faced down despite its massive lobbying efforts and bullying. Yet in Australia today, it has been given the green light to continue ripping riders and drivers off, sacking them without warning or the right to appeal, and ignoring their pleas to be able to earn a decent living, Kane added. The federal government must move urgently to address this gaping problem. Workers must be given rights, regardless of their definition under the law. The evidence shows that Uber workers are being abused. The pay is well below minimum rates. There is no right to negotiate the continual decreasing rate. There is little support when drivers are forced to take time off when they are sick or injured and superannuation is non-existent. Will Scott Morrison and his team, with their new mandate to govern, choose to stand up for workers in Australia? Or will they side with a billion dollar backed bully, he said. The Rideshare Drivers Cooperative said, We are very disappointed at the decision not to take action against Uber. Uber continually sends us messages on how we must behave and carry out our jobs. Work is also preferentially allocated based on our ratings and availability for work. If we take time off when sick, we notice a drop-off in work allocated to us. Uber informs us through the app what our cancellation and acceptance rate is. They are absolutely controlling how we do our jobs. We believe we deserve rights and protections while we do these jobs. A survey of over 1,100 rideshare drivers in Australia last October showed the average pay is just $16 per hour before fuel, insurance and other costs are taken out. One in 10 drivers has been physically assaulted, while 6% have been sexually assaulted. Workers responding to the survey said they faced death threats from passengers towards them and their families, rape threats, sexual assault, being punched in the face, held at knife point had their car windows broken, their cars stolen and have received racial abuse. Almost two-thirds of drivers have had false reports by passengers. Last month, 
Rideshare drivers in Australia took part in a day of global action protest against Uber, while food delivery riders delivered an invoice to Uber officers in Sydney for unpaid wages and superannuation. As we previously reported in November, a former Foodora food delivery rider, Josh Kluger, supported by the Transport Workers Union, won an unfair dismissal case against the company after he was sacked for speaking out about rates and conditions. Last month, almost 1,700 riders received back pay, totalling nearly $2.3 million after Fudora was forced to admit it was underpaying their wages and refusing them superannuation. On the same day, the Prime Minister enjoys a salary increase of more than $10,000, about 700,000 retail and hospitality workers will have their pay cut. On Thursday, June 6th, the Remuneration Tribunal ruled that federal politicians should enjoy a 2% pay increase on July 1st, in stark contrast to the penalty rate cuts voted for by the Coalition. The 2% increase to the Prime Minister's current salary of $538,460 means he will pocket an extra $10,769 annually. But a further 10% point cut in penalty rates for hospitality workers on the same day means many workers will be losing $2,000 or more a year for their work on Sundays and public holidays. Joanne Schofield, National Secretary of United Voice, the Hospitality Union, says the economy is tanking. Wage growth is at historical lows, but the Prime Minister and his Cabinet mates will rake in a sizeable pay rise on July 1st. Meanwhile, retail and hospitality workers are having real difficulties putting food on the table or meeting their utility and medical bills from week to week as they face yet another round of penalty rate cuts. Working people need jobs that are secure and pay them fairly, not more cuts that stop them from being able to pay for life's essentials. On June 2nd, news.com.au reported that an Australian company has hit packer acclaims a number of workers were temporarily stood down without pay for wearing union logos, insisting the dispute arose over safety concerns. According to the Electrical Trades Union, ETU, a group of its members who work for electrical contractor Fredden Industries were sent home without pay last week after they turned up to work wearing clothing bearing union logos. The union argued the employees were stood down for wearing and displaying union-related material, which is unlawful and a breach of the Fair Work Act. However, a representative from the company stated that no worker had been sacked or dismissed and that the dispute had nothing to do with the logos on the T-shirts. Instead, the spokesman said the T-shirt-related issue arose because the clothing interfered with the safety of staff on a job site during working hours. Fredden is committed to the safety and well-being of our staff and respect their right to union participation, the spokesman said. We engage in good faith bargaining with the ETU, but we cannot compromise our position on staff safety in the performance of work. The dispute took place in the midst of bargaining for the Sydney Construction Union Enterprise Agreement negotiations. ETU National Legal Counsel Alana Heffernan said the union had been in EBA negotiations with Fredden and other companies for some time and that the ETU and its members did everything right in notifying Fredden about plans to wear union-affiliated clothing. Meanwhile, ETU National Secretary Alan Hicks said all Australian workers had the right to wear clothing bearing union logos. 
We've endured every dirty trick in the book during these negotiations, including companies forming a cartel to stand as one against our members and planting spies in our closed-door meetings, he said, regarding the ongoing negotiations. I'm proud of our members and I'm proud of our union because we keep fighting and winning against every dirty trick these companies pull. Shine Lawyers employment law expert Will Barsby said workers had the legal right to engage in industrial action and to be associated with a union. There are also workplace protections around political views, sexuality, gender and religious beliefs, he said. Australian unions have fought hard for the rights of workers. Employers cannot take unlawful action, including sending them home from work simply for being associated with a union. More than half of young workers aged under 25 have experienced wage theft in the past 12 months, according to Unions ACT's latest annual youth survey. The survey of over 300 young people aged 14 to 24 was conducted in January 2019 and is the third annual survey of young ACT workers. The full report will be released later in June. Wage theft committed by employers against workers has increased from 44% in 2018 to 52% in 2019, which includes 20% of young workers who are children aged under 18. Some of the key findings include experience of wage theft increasing to 51% for young workers aged under 25, more women experiencing wage theft than young men, 55% for women compared to 50% for young men, and 25% of workers aged between 14 and 17 experiencing wage theft. Despite over half of young workers experiencing wage theft, only 25% reported trying to recover their stolen wages, with the most common reason for not doing so being fear of losing their job. Most young workers are casually employed. Alex White, Secretary of Unions ACT, said young workers are facing a wage theft crisis, with a growing number of adult employers making the decision to steal wages from vulnerable young people. It is disgraceful that we are seeing adult employers steal from the children who work for them. Our research shows that incidents of wage theft continue to rise in a context where the federal government gives amnesties to employers who steal superannuation. Dodgy employers are increasingly taking the calculated risk when it comes to wage theft that they won't be caught, or if they are, there will be few consequences. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Workers at McDonald's have been in dispute over a new award for over nine months and the fight is still on. Annie caught up with Josh Cullinan from the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, or RAFU, for an update. Uh, can you give us some background to the uh, dispute that RAFU and their members are having with McDonald's at the moment? Uh, yeah, so, so there's been a number of major campaigns by uh, RAFU members uh, against McDonald's over the last six months. And uh, most recently, there was an uh, EBA campaign where the company has put out a non-union uh, ballot for a vote, um, and that vote was held 
in the middle of and over the last week of uh, May, and we've been campaigning for a no vote as part of that process. Now, the thing is, uh, we've seen uh, Rafu tackling the issue of uh, no paid rest breaks, workers are not being paid penalty rates and that people are being paid abysmally for Sunday and night shifts. But this is all because of a deal that was made with McDonald's and uh, SDA. Isn't that correct? That's right. There was a, a deal uh, struck in 2010, replaced in 2013 and then varied in 2016. Um, all of those SDA deals slashed uh, all penalty rates. There, there are no weekend penalty rates. The only penalty rate left was between 1am and 5am, and even that was lower than the minimum award. We know that over 85% of workers at McDonald's are earning less than they would otherwise earn under the very minimum award if it applied. So what um, you're saying is that people weren't even getting the minimum award? No, that's right. That's right. The, the, the minimum award pays uh, weekend Saturday penalty rates of 25%, Sunday uh, now between 35 and 50%, and there was just no penalty rates at all. For, these, for this very, very young workforce. But we've also seen that some of the core conditions, like the 10-minute rest break that most workplaces have for four-hour or longer shifts, well, at McDonald's, it just wasn't implemented. And we've had this um, ridiculous situation where managers have argued uh, with these teenagers that because they get to have a drink of water with them or because they're allowed to go to the toilet when they need to, they, don't, they, they lose their entitlement to the 10-minute rest break. So those two... Um, those have been two big parts of our campaign over the last six months. And we've also had our member, Xavier Kelly, apply to terminate the old rotten uh, SDA deal. Um, and that happened before they went to a vote. Um, and he's seeking uh, two years of back pay, which would be a quarter of a billion dollars uh, for the 105,000 workers who work at McDonald's. Um, and because of that case, McDonald's immediately rushed out their agreement uh, for a vote. Okay, and what I've been noticing is that that vote, you you have uh, been finding that uh, there's a bit of a dirty tricks campaign going on. There is. There's a whole range of issues uh, with this vote. We had someone able to access the vote and give a running tally, which shows that the vote itself had no integrity. Um, we also know that workers were being told um, all sorts of nonsense about the effect of the vote and about the benefits associated with the vote. And we're talking about a workforce here which is over 80% under the age of 21. More than half the workers aren't even 18. Um, and so these kinds of systems of um, misleading and misrepresentations has led to workers uh, making an uninformed choice in, in actually casting their vote. We also know that workers were just directly misled in relation to the vote. Today, we've been even having workers contact us to say that when they tried to vote no, it came up with an error message time and time again. Oh, right. when, when they switched it to yes, it just went through straight away. <gasps> How so outrageous. We're having you know, lots of reports of this. And this is, um, for, for those that aren't aware, this is the largest no vote in Australian history. We had over 20,000 workers vote no. Unfortunately, with the efforts of McDonald's, um, they say that they had about 30,000 that voted yes. Um, so... Um, that's why this will go to the Fair Work Commission to assess um, a whole range of issues associated with the ballot. It's interesting because if people thought that it was a reasonable thing to go to electronic voting systems, we now know because of your experience that there is a lot of potential problems with the unfairness of such a system. Well, that, well that's right. I mean, we've been seeing videos of workers just trying to click no and 
the error message coming up again and again and again. Um, it was ridiculous that we were able to have a running tally by someone who had a bit of mouse uh, with, with their computer. These systems should have the integrity and, the, and be able to be robustly dealing with um, a vote of this scale if that's what the company wants to use. But no, we're, we're deeply concerned that the integrity of the system completely failed. And you also asked your members to take screenshots of some of the unsound advice that was given to workers. That's, that's right. We, we had um, store managers just directly telling workers that if they vote, uh, if they vote no, if there's a no vote, uh, their wages will be cut. If there's a no vote, they will be on the award immediately. Um, and, you know, demands to very, very young workers and workers that are 80 75% are casual, um, that they must vote yes. And so, um, but we also had that teamed up with some of the uh, more unsavoury behaviours we've seen at Woolworths before, and that is managers going to the staff with iPads and um, asking them to enter their codes and asking uh, and telling them that they'll vote yes and confronting them when they attend to work um, for their shift. So there's a whole range of behaviours here which... Uh, very disappointing. It's very disappointing that um, McDonald's didn't clamp down or didn't take any action to stop them from happening. Gosh, it sounds a little bit like the federal election, <laughs> dare I say yeah. it. Well, and unfortunately, this, this deal will lock in um, the Sunday penalty rate cuts, which are uh, now infecting uh, the Australian landscape in retail and fast food. And this deal has a range of other issues. It's, it's got a bizarre clause which require, that, that allows... Uh, workers to have their 10-minute rest breaks cut up into an infinitesimal number of shorter breaks. Oh, for goodness sake. Exactly what they do now. Yeah, yeah. So so no doubt they'll be telling these very young workers that, that no, you get uh, 60, 10-second breaks, and and that's because you get to have your sip of water in between serving customers. And so we're we're really concerned that the agreement is flawed, uh, that it wasn't properly made, but that it doesn't pass the better-off overall test in any event. Yeah, well, anybody who works a straight shift of four hours and then isn't allowed to have a little bit of a rest uh, will know how gruelling that is. That's just gruelling. It is, it is. And unfortunately, um, that has been the common experience now for a decade at, at McDonald's. You know, that we have workers tell us about how they went to the SDA and said, look, I've got this issue, I'm not getting my rest breaks. And the SDA negotiated for them to have a bottle of water beside them at work. Um, so workers at McDonald's just don't have an experience, don't have a lived experience of actually having a 10-minute rest break. It's only come about since the start of this year when we started having our protests, um, started having our actions and are now preparing our court litigation about the way that these workers have had their breaks stripped from them. That's inhuman, you know. The other thing is um, the call for back pay. McDonald's have uh, vigorously argued against it. Yes. McDonald's have made it absolutely clear to us that they won't pay a single cent more than they have to. That they were able to get this rotten, outrageous deal in place um, for the last decade and rip off workers um, in the way that they have, they just see as them doing business. They have been upfront with us. They have told us that they are not going to pay under 18 superannuation if the law doesn't require them to, that they're not going to change uh, the, the junior rate structure unless the law requires them to. So they see all of these steps and all of these actions they've taken as being um, lawful. Um, And only, in a practical sense, are they lawful because of the assistance of the SDA. Um, And so Xavier's claim for a quarter of a billion dollars, uh, it 
sounds like a lot of money, but that's a quarter of a billion dollars stripped from very low-paid workers over the last two years. You know, workers that only get 40 or 50% of the adult rate anyway. Um, and so these are, these are huge amounts of money, but that's exactly what they've profited from, um, their behaviour with the help of the SDA. So how has RAFU gone with increasing its membership within the McDonald's ranks? Yeah, so we've been um, uh, mightily happy with the, with the work of so many workers over the last nine months since we launched our campaigns. Up until August last year, we were a very small mem- um, membership, you know, a couple of dozen members across the country in, in McDonald's outlets, um, almost all of them one-person mem- um, outlets, mm. one-member outlets. Um, but since we launched the campaign, the response has been fantastic. We've had a core team of uh, six or seven activists take leadership of the campaign. They have been participating in all of the bargaining meetings that we participated in. Um, Xavier is uh, one of the leaders of that group, and he's applied to terminate um, the agreement. Uh, we're now preparing um, detailed uh, campaign plans and activist training events to be able to build uh, the skills of our members in that space. Um, and we now have uh, members across more than 100 outlets uh, around Australia. So it has been, it's been a very busy period with very limited resources, um, but we've certainly been using this active fighting approach to, um, to engage more members into the union and to give them an experience of what it is to fight for your rights in your workplace. And how is the case going at the Fair Work Commission? Uh, so we had our hearing, uh, first hearing uh, in the Fair Work Commission um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the McDonald's and the SDA uh, turned up to that hearing and fought tooth and nail to have it adjourned. They didn't want to have any further steps taken while the vote was underway. Um, the Fair Work Commission, though, agreed uh, with us that the um, case needed to be heard and the submissions from RAFLU and then from uh, McDonald's and their SDA uh, will be uh, submitted over the next uh, 11 weeks um, and then there'll be a hearing to determine the outcome. The, the approach here is all about delay by McDonald's and the SDA because if they can delay long enough and get their agreement approved like they did at Woolworths, then the termination case stops and there's no back pay. Um, so for them, it's all about trying to delay the process. And this is a situation where the materials that McDonald's put out to its staff to get them to vote yes included assessments which showed just how much workers were being paid less than the award right now. So they literally had your current agreement and the award and showed that the award was much higher if, than, the current, than the current agreement. And so they were, they're open about that. They're open about workers earning a great deal less, um, but they are still trying to delay and stop these workers getting um, not only the award in place, but uh, back pay as well. Now, dare I suggest that people think about that if they ever go and buy stuff at McDonald's? Well, that's right. I mean, and if, if, if someone is at a McDonald's um, and we just encourage them to show support for the workers, encourage them to take their 10-minute rest break, encourage them to have a look at our website or our Facebook page. Um, and, you know, I think the, the solidarity amongst workers, we know that there's a lot of, work, a lot of workers who um, don't appreciate the, the quality of the product or what goes into it, um, but certainly the workers behind the county counter, many of them in their first years of work, uh, suffering uh, horrendous conditions and cutting of conditions. Um, you know, a bit of solidarity for them goes a long way in helping them explore and find out more about building a community of workers in their workplace. Thanks very much for talking to me and good luck. Thanks, Annie. Cheers. You're listening to Stick Together. 
union news and social justice issues on your local community radio station. We've just heard from Josh Cullinan from RAFU about the dispute between workers and McDonald's and their ongoing fight for decent pay and conditions. We would love to hear from some workers on this issue. If you would like to tell your comrades about your experience at work, please email us at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. Now we're going to have a history lesson from the docks. These excerpts come from a documentary called Wharfies, which was made in 1988. You can watch the whole thing on the MUA's YouTube channel. I'll fight for my union till I die. Well, there was one very sad aspect of the wharf, that there was no long service leave, no holidays, and some of the old fellas, even fellas I know by name, and I've seen them, oh, really, without fear of contradiction, I've seen them 75, going 80, and they just had to keep working because they had nothing to retire for, and they had nothing to live on. And during the years, they had no hope of accumulating any money because he never, ever earned that much. But little by little, the union made some gains. By the end of the 30s, we'd won real money of two bob or 20 cents. Now, it mightn't sound much now, but you've got to remember that those were lean and hungry days. Charlie Schindler always had a sugar bag. He opens the sugar bag and he takes out a loaf of bread and a knife and he looks along the wall. He said, we're all looking at him, of course. See what he's got in the bag, we're interested because we're hungry and we've got no lunch. So he said to us, haven't you bastards got any lunch? We said, no, no lunch, Charlie. Cut it into four pieces. And that's what he done. So that's what we had for lunch. That often happened on the waterfront instances like that. During the 1950s, we had many disputes on this waterfront. And what I used to do is write songs about these disputes when papers run by Tories carry terrifying stories of the horrid man bosses who oppress me. They may bluster, scream and rage, I just turn another page. For their bedtime stories simply don't impress me, because it's my union. I built this union. If you want to know who runs it, I'm the guy. And no matter what they say, this union's here to stay. Looking back, it's vital for our movement to always remember where we have come from, who has come before us, and what they have achieved for working people. That's it for Stick Together this week. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to Annie McLaughlin and Josh Cullinan for their time. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377 and leaving us a message. Remember... Wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Rebecca Langley. Catch you next time.